Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. As always, my name is Mung. And I'm Nick Georgelos, the Los, the Lostest with the Mostest, and our producer is, of course, the lovely, the beautiful, the ever-extraordinary Daniel Green. Aw, oh, thanks. You're I welcome. guess we made up from our fight. Also we're known not, as we're not Stupid fighting Face Dan. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I'm sorry, is that only for your close friends? Oh. Hey. Mom, are we starting a fight here? Do we, do we have an episode where we're going to fight and then make oh. up immediately in the next one? Triple threat. Well, we need We need an element of drama in this podcast. So I, think. I have to be the vehicle of the drama? It's yes, always, it just or, has your, to go or your twin brother. You're basically our deus oh, right. ex machina. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. Today on our Quick Snaps podcast... Today on our quick snap segment, we are going to break down the last... See, mine was better. I'm just going to start talking over you, Los. I hope you're okay with that. That's fine. That's what my family does. Yeah, that's where I got it from. We're getting really personal now. Anyway, today on our NFC West uh final nfc west team we're going to break down the st louis rams and uh it's probably going to be pretty quick because let's let's be honest i'm not really excited about much on the rams yeah uh no there's not really anybody that i'm targeting to uh draft on the rams and the only people that are probably worth drafting are going to be taken far before i'm ever taking them uh it's yeah it's kind of sad when i think the second most exciting fantasy option for your team is your defense, at least for right? me. But uh, um, all right, let's let's start with the uh, let's start with Nick Foles. Um, sure. So you know that monumental trade that nobody saw coming between Philadelphia and St. Louis. Um, so Sam Bradford is now in Philly, and Foles is going to be the starting quarterback for the Rams. What are your thoughts? Really big trade, really big deal in the NFL world, but in the fantasy world. um, So Sam Bradford has been looked at as a good quarterback, you know, some somebody that you'd like on your team, um, somebody that if on a good fantasy team, you would have drafted. Well, now Nick Foles has fallen into the exact same spot Sam Bradford has. Uh, He's going to be fine for them, but I mean, he doesn't have the the opportunity to put a big fantasy weeks in numbers. Yeah, I think that Foles is, you know, he's a good quarterback for the Rams in that, you know, he's rarely hurt. Um, I think that he is a good enough game manager that uh, with their stout defense, he should be fine. Uh, But fantasy wise, I'm not really excited. I, I don't see his ceiling as very high. And I think that he's going to be a QB too, a low end one at that. Yeah, this is a thousand percent all due to opportunity. If that trade didn't happen, we'd be saying these same things about Sam Bradford that we're saying about Foles now, except we'd also be talking about his injury potential. And we'd be talking about Nick Foles right now, the way that we're talking about Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford. Uh, yeah, basically, it's all about opportunity. Yep. Um, 
All right, so let's move on. Nobody really wants anything to do with Foles. Uh, our condolences to Dan, who drafted him relatively early in our Dynasty League startup last year. Um, uh, it was not relatively early. It was like the eighth round. Yeah, I needed a quarterback. Yeah, I said relatively. I didn't uh, mean you drafted him in the second round. And he was good for like two games. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> that, yeah, I suppose. Um, so let's talk about one of the reasons uh, I, I'm not really high on Foles, and that's because of Todd Gurley. So I think that the Rams drafted Gurley because they want to run, run, and run some more. Yeah, and and why would you not? You know, you, you get Todd Gurley, the uh, top top offensive, the top running back, you know, coming out of college. Take him, put him on your team where you've got a bunch of running back options you've gone for these past few years with a different guy leading the pack. I think finally Gurley is going to be the guy that's going to solidify this running game in in San, in St. Louis. Um, that said, uh, he's not going to get the opportunities that you're going to want him to get in the first few weeks, maybe first half season, maybe even first three quarters of a season. So he's not a guy that you should draft off the bat hoping to get you know top running back uh, production out of. If you're hoping for that, if you're setting your team up like that, you're probably not going to end up making the playoffs. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. I, I agree that he's definitely going to start off slow if he's even, you know, good to go at the start of the season. But I think that once he gets going, Todd Gurley is going to be a force to be reckoned with. He will eventually be a force to be reckoned with. But Trey Mason has that job right now. He's not a bad running back. If he if Gurley wasn't drafted, then we'd be talking about Trey Mason as a guy to own definitely in that RB2 slot. Um, so in terms of wrestling the job away, I don't think it's going to happen near as quickly as people are giving him credit for. Everybody sees these rookie running backs and say, oh, boy, he's this next big thing that I want immediately. And it's going to pan out. In a, in a dynasty league, sure. In a keeper league, fine. This year, I don't think he's going to be, you know, much greater than than a top thirty running back. Wow, that you're you're really low on him then. Yeah, I guess I am. Well, all right. Here's here's how I see it. Jeff Fisher drafted Todd Gurley that highly for a reason. Sure. Because, I mean, he he is the reason that Eddie George was so good in fantasy because he likes his bell cow running backs. Mm -hmm. And I think that once Todd Gurley is fully healthy and gets going, that he's going to be one of the few 300 carry running backs in the NFL. But that won't be this year. It will be as soon as he's healthy. I think that as soon as he's ready to take over that job, Mason's going to get phased out in a game or two. And then uh, I agree that Gurley is going too high for my liking in redraft. I'm saying that if you can afford to get to the playoffs, by the time Gurley is healthy, he he can be what Odell Beckham Jr. was last year and win people leagues. That is my that is how I see it. If you no, can, I, I don't if, see that at all. I don't think the Rams have the offensive capability for that. Well, okay, let me let me bring something up real quick. Sure. So in 2013, um, Sam Bradford played seven good games and then he got hurt. Uh, that was also the year of Zach Stacy, where he, where Stacy had 250 rushing attempts for just under a thousand yards and seven rushing touchdowns. If Zach Stacy, who is not a very good running back, can do that with that kind of volume, 
what do you think Todd Gurley is going to do? And, Probably and get especially, injured. Especially with, with Nick Foles as a competent enough quarterback to make defenses respect the pass. I, I mean, I see what you're saying, but I stand by it. I just don't think this year is his year. Co- coming in as a wide receiver is much easier than coming in as a running back. There, wide receivers learn routes. Running backs have to pick up pass protections, have to be good enough to at that to stay on the field. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to go into all this, but you, you know what I'm I saying. Mean, just from from the tape that I've seen for from Gurley, though, if he can stay healthy, I think that pass protection isn't that big of an issue. I think he's one of the best pass. Pro- pass protectors uh you know of this class you know the reason that he was so good at georgia wasn't just for his running he he's able to do it all he can run receive out of the backfield and i think that he's a fine pass protector already yeah but nfl pass protection is is much different than the than the college game you've got you know advanced blitzing schemes and he's not playing he's not exactly playing in a in a division let alone league where the defenses aren't going to be getting all over his quarterback Sure, I, I think that it'll definitely be trial by fire, but I think that he'll be just fine. I mean, especially, you know, now that you mentioned defenses for the NFC West, yeah, they're really tough defenses, but I would say, I would argue that, you know, San Francisco is no longer an elite defense. Yeah, sure, but then I the other two. I think that the Cardinals' defensive line is going to definitely be an issue. They're really good at stopping the run. But I think that, again, the Seahawks have a great, great defense, but I think that their secondary is better than, you know, their run defense. I mean, Dallas is an outlier, but look at what they what they did. The game script for beating Seattle is to be able to run the ball. And I think that especially with investing four of their picks right after taking Gurley and offensive lineman, you know, St. Louis is is basically setting him up for success, assuming that these picks can, you know, start to gel and actually, you know, be good at run blocking. Like I said, I'm not going to own, own him in any leagues. There will be somebody more excited about him than me in every league. I'm so in. so fourth <laughs> round is way too high for you. Yes. Um, where would you take Gurley? Gosh, what week are we expecting him back? Okay, for the sake of this argument, let's say that Gurley gets eased in week six and becomes the starter week seven. And does that in, is there buy gone by that time or no? Um, you know what? Let me let me look that up real quick. Okay. So okay, actually, so their bye week is week six. So let's say that he misses the first five games and he's back week seven. Okay, so he's back in week seven. And when do fantasy playoffs start? Week 13? Uh, 14 through 16. Or 14 through 16 or 17, I think, is the general... uh... Right, but most people never include week 17. Right. So Um, so so 14 through 16, so week 13 to week... 7, 8, 9... 10, 11, 8, 12, 9, 10, 13. 11, 13. So weeks. you're getting seven weeks of production from him at best? Yes. Well, that's... Okay, again, we're talking assuming he's not ready to start the season, which he actually could be. Okay. I think it's going to probably take him three to four games to be fully understanding and gelling in this offense. And even at that point, I don't, I don't think he sees... I think at best case scenario, until like fantasy playoffs starts, he's probably going to be seeing half of the balls on the field. Trey Mason is too good 
See, I think here's where you and I are kind of on different pages here, because I think that, you know, his very first game, whatever week that that may come, he's going to get like 12 carries for 40 yards, no touchdowns, and everyone's going to be disappointed. And I think that the very next week, he's going to go off for like 20 carries, like 120 yards and like two touchdowns. Yeah, I just don't see it. We can look back at this day. And we can see who was right about these rookie running backs. But I sure, think more often fair. than not, I am. Well, uh, regardless, just looking at the Rams schedule right now, um, they do get the Bears in Week 10, so I would play Todd Gurley. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would well, definitely if, play Todd Gurley If that's Todd his first Gurley game back, then 10. forget what you said about 12 carries, 40 yards. That'll be like 9 carries, 300 yards, and 4 <laughs> touchdowns. Exactly. So yeah. it, it all depends. Yeah, it's a, it, it is a relative game. That's true. All right, let's uh, let's move on from Gurley. I think we can agree to disagree on him. We we definitely disagree on Todd Gurley. All right, so uh, let's just glaze over tight end because Jared Cook, Lance Kendricks, that I don't foresee either of them being even startable. Do you? No, Cook was uh, sort of highly touted as a as a second tier tight end two years ago, but he's shown that he's really not going to gel into anything like that. I don't think having Foles versus having. Um, Versus having Sam Bradford throwing in the ball is going to change anything in that regard. Uh, Brett Selleck hasn't really exploded under Foles. Um, Zach Ertz never really exploded under Foles, so I don't expect Jared Cook to explode under Foles. No, it's not even that. I think I've probably only watched maybe three Rams games total in my life, and I think that, (laughs) you know... Any time I against see, the Bears every time? I think there have been two times that I've seen Jared Cook drop a wide open touchdown in the end zone. And I just, uh-huh. you know, he's if if that's what he is, then, you know, that's what he's going to be. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Sure. 52 catches. He did have he did have the most targets last year with with not foals with Austin Davis and Sean Hill. Yeah, but again, they had a lot of issues with wide receiver health as well. So I'm not. Yeah, gonna... and I don't expect much of that to change. Maybe not the health, but right, wide receiver productivity. I don't really expect to make that big of a jump. All right. Um. Yeah. Let's move on to wideouts then. Yeah. Yeah, please. So we're looking at Kevin Britt, Brian Quick, Tavon Austin for the most part. Yeah, I just. I mean, I'm a little bit more interested in the Rams now that Brian Schottenheimer is no longer the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't know yet what Signetti's going to do with the offense, but, you know, I'm hoping that they use Tavon Austin better uh, instead of, you know, those terrible gimmicky screens where he may or may not get, you know, 40 yards. But I just don't see that much fantasy relevance in the wideouts because number one, Foles is going to spread the ball around mm-hmm. and number two, they're looking to run. Yep. No, no, none of these uh, wide receivers are good enough to command, uh, to command the ball every time that he can in the game. And they already run first offense. Most definitely. If there's, if there's a player you want from this team, it's either Trey Mason or Gurley, depending on how early or late you want the production. And also, um, we didn't mention this, but I do think Trey Mason is a good guy to target and dress. People are going to be overdrafting Gurley and will and may not even be looking into Trey Mason unless they're looking to get both of them. So to me, that t- shows me a trend that Trey Mason may drop in your drafts. And I do think he has value in those first weeks if Gurley's not playing. 
Absolutely. I th- I think I mentioned this a few episodes back as well, but I think that if you're if you're gonna be okay taking Le'Veon Bell in the first round, right? Instead of reaching for D'Angelo Williams, I'd rather grab Mason because you're gonna oh, get absolutely. more production. Um. Okay. So just real quick, uh, for the wide receivers, I don't want yep. anything to do with Stedman Bailey, Tavon Austin, or Kenny Britt. I think that if there's one guy that I would be interested in, I would maybe consider Brian Quick as my maybe wide receiver four. Yeah, I agree. Brian Quick had a couple big games uh, last year. Four, four is probably the right place. I mean, which is sad for a team in the NFL that they're that they're quote unquote top fantasy you know uh, wideout is being looked at as a uh, as a wide receiver four, but that's just not their ball game. Yeah, and and just really quick on Brian Quick, you know, he had a shoulder issue last year, so if anything, his lower body and his explosiveness should still be there, so it it shouldn't be a concerning injury by any means. Mm-hmm. I think it, yeah. So you would agree that if you had to pick one wideout zone, it'd be quick. If I had to, it would, yeah, it would definitely be quick. Um, do you think uh, we we already finished with running backs? But do you think what do you think about Benny Cunningham's future? Um, he was the running back that really showed, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield and things of that nature. Um, he's very fast, obviously. Um, what do you think about him going forward? Um, I see Cunningham the same way that I see Bobby Rainey in Tampa Bay. I think he's okay. that X factor where if there were some injury, he could be relevant again. Um, but again, you know, as, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I really do think that Jeff Fisher wants his bell cow running back. And I think Todd Gurley is going to see the vast majority of snaps once he gets, you know, acquainted with the offense. No, I completely agree. If this was a, if this was just a foot race, then Benny Cunningham is a certified G and a bonafide stud. He's got the speed and you cannot teach that. But <laughs> all right, know. I won't argue with that. But that is not the game we're playing. And Benny Cunningham, um, except in like the deepest of of leagues, I don't really think he doesn't have uh, he for me. He does not even have flex two value in a PPR league to me. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, just also one last real quick thing. Uh, Malcolm Brown did get a little bit of hype. Um you know, rookie running back and he's shown, he's shown good power and speed, but I think there's just so many running backs there. If he had gone somewhere else, I would be a little bit more intrigued, but I just don't see any reason to roster him right now. Is he even going to make the team? I mean, I don't, I don't see a reason that they're going to cut Cunningham or Trey Mason. Right. Outside of the deepest of leagues, I I would not be interested in Brown despite his intriguing talent. Right. Okay. We're all in agreement. Um, Again, I think, St. Louis Rams defense, top five to eight defense. I would draft them for fantasy. Absolutely. Just don't reach too high on your defenses, people. Like we've said, uh, ad nauseum now. Yeah, there's always going to be some defense, whether it's Jacksonville or Minnesota or wherever, that's going to you know, end up being a top 10 defense off the waiver wire. Who knows? The Bears might come back and reclaim it. Whoa, whoa. Let's not get too crazy here. I said who knows. <laughs> All right, so I think that is going to do it for the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Ram Bam, thank you, ma'am. And that is also it for the NFC West in these these short blurbs of quick snaps from your Fantasy Football Edge podcast. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I I think that may be the best one. Well, you know, you and Dan seem to have a lot of fun with that, so I want to give it a shot. Give it a shot. It's not fun at all. Oh, I think it's pretty fun.
Well, I'm all right. trying to put you down, you know. You're well, just being a silly Sally. <laughs> <laughs> that was not nice. Don't use such strong language. We might have young listeners. Oh, my Honestly, stars and garters. That's going to make me cry myself to sleep tonight. That's how I sleep every night, so I don't really see that as a problem. All right, this isn't an outlet to, to, for you to uh, preach about your sad life. Do you, so. do you need Gosh. to talk to us about something? Is something hurting you? Oh, hmm. Uh, hmm. So this has been an excellent <laughs> episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. We have, resu- we have reviewed the St. Louis Rams. And on the next episode, we will be looking at even more of your NFL football franchises. Yep. And on the next uh, episodes of Quick Snaps, we are going to get into snaps, the NFC snaps, South. Snaps, snaps, snaps. So uh, I hope you guys will all join us for that. In the meantime, as always, you can tweet us questions. Uh, we are happy to answer them. Uh, you can reach me at FFA underscore M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore L-O-S. Lose, 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 lose. And you can follow our producer, the super producer, the man with the plan, Dan Green, at FFA underscore Dan, while he tickles the keys. And thank you for listening to this episode. Like (laughs) us on the Facebook, follow us on the Twitter. All right, guys, peace out. Thank you very much, addicts. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there. They're going to hold on to everything the disease steals away. And the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen by funding research, advancing public policy, and spurring scientific breakthroughs. And by providing local support to those living with the disease and their caregivers, we're easing the burden until we accomplish our goal. But we won't get there without you. Visit alz.org to join the fight.